Thank you very much for coming to Gosh tonight's uh, a very special night because we're celebrating 25 years of image with a panel discussion uh, with some of its best and brightest. There's going to be a Q&A after the panellists have had a discussion amongst themselves, so you'll get a chance to ask some questions. Uh, I'm going to pass over to Eric Stevens now, who's chairing the panel, who's Images Publisher. Thank you everybody for coming. Uh, uh, as, as, as Tom said, it's, it's, it's Images 25th anniversary. And uh, we, we do have a, a, a lineup of some really fantastic people here. One of the, one of the greatest parts of, of my job is that I get to work with some of the most talented people in the business. Um, and, and I've been doing it for 25 years now. And it's, 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 it's pretty wonderful. Um, uh, we have with us here today uh, Karen Gillen and Jamie McCalvey, who have, have, have done Phonogram and the Women of the Divine. Uh, we have Allison Sampson. Uh, who she is actually, uh, man, you, what is the name of your book that is coming? Winnebago, <laughs> Winnebago Graveyard. It's listed yesterday. Winnebago Graveyard. Yes. Uh, Emmy Lennox, who has, has done uh, Plutona in her own Emmy Town. Uh, Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby together do, do Injection, and Warren has also done for us uh, Trees and Fell. And uh, he's he's a legend in his own right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-five years goes by pretty quickly, as it turns out. Um, when, when I, I've worked for Image pretty much as long as I've worked in comics. Uh, I, I, I started trying to get into the business in 1991, and uh, was was lucky enough to meet up with uh, one of the men who became the, the one of the founders of the company, um, and, and yeah, just kind of like rushed by after that. Um, and apart from like one or two years around the middle, I've, I've only worked at Image, and uh, it, it, it's been an interesting experience. But again, in 1991, I was trying to break into comics, and then in 1992, Image Comics was starting, and I was I was working uh, uh, for, for first Jim Valentino and then Rob Liefeld. So so I kind of wanted to ask some, some of you, uh, starting with you, Declan, what, what were you doing in, in 1992? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I say this just, just so you know, it's like, I'm, I, I, Tonight at dinner, I kind of fully became aware of the fact that I was like, I think Warren and I are the only people who weren't children yeah, at the this time. Is <laughs> yeah. we, we, this is where you discover all these bastards were at school. <laughs> so, Declan? Yeah, I was uh, probably sitting at home drawing comics and watching Star Trek, which is pretty much what I do now. <laughs> but uh, no, I know uh, the image kind of missed me completely because uh, I, I grew up in like the west of Ireland. We didn't get monthly comics. So I kind of found out about Image like a few years later in retrospect, and I tracked down like Wildcats because I was a big Jim Lee fan. But um, uh, like all of the like the the big bonanza, the big release, the big all the big hubbub, totally missed me by. Um, I uh, yeah, you were in rural Ireland. What did you have to trade to get a comic? Some <laughs> <laughs> cold, some paint, cold, cold, yeah, <laughs> whatever you find on the street. Um, but I know, I mean, like uh, the stuff I could only really get access to was like um, news agent reprints, like uh, uh, Scrooge McDuck, or uh, we didn't do that. Right. <laughs> 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 that image. Was, this says was, on the nineteen seventy. Yeah, we were drawn, and I could get it. I'd read it, but I, I just did not have access to that stuff till so much later. Did you have rickets? <laughs> yeah, I had that. And polio and scurvy. How about you? 92, God. Um, I want to say I was at Tundra, UK. 
N92. Um, this is ancient history. Uh, one of the guys who created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles decided he wanted his own publishing empire, uh, all paid for with turtles money, and uh, then decided he wanted a UK wing and hired out a uh, a wing of the Natural History Museum to launch it. There's <laughs> <laughs> all these drunk young comics creators passed out under dinosaur skeletons. Um, and I think I was still there. I don't think the wheels had quite come off Tundra yet, so I was developing books up there. I was 10, by the way, just to get <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny, because I, th I think the first time you and I ever talked was I was working for Rob Liefeld at Extreme, and you, you called me up one day, and it's, it's like, for, for, for those who don't know, it's, when I worked at Extreme, it's like I scripted a number of like really shitty comics. And uh, uh, at one point, Warren calls me up, and, and, you, and you said, how, how do you do all of those comics a month? Mm. Like, well, they're not any good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know, the, the volume of comics you were doing to the volume of warm bodies apparently involved right. seemed like mathematically impossible, so I was curious. <laughs> How many was it? It was a lot, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I think I was doing like six, seven. I, 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 at one point it was like 18 books, and I'm pretty sure there were only like you know, six people doing them or something. Somewhere like that, yeah. yeah. That's pretty extreme. Balls over there. Yes, that's why we invited him. <laughs> so, so, Emmy, in, in 1992, where were you at in your life? I was nine. <laughs> uh, I was writing stories about a litter of cats that got sucked through a sewer, and then they they have an adventure. And also, I guess, in, in relation to image, um, <laughs> I believe my brother was reading Spawn. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I was just watching Tailspin or some sort of cartoon digging around. So Tailspin is vaguely related to the Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, we're just bringing yeah. it back. We're bringing it, right bring it back. back. <laughs> bringing it back. And Alison, how about you in 1992? Oh, God. Um, I was working in the West End. I was drawing Canary Wharf. Um, not, I didn't have any access to comics at all. I didn't know they exist. I didn't, I didn't know any American comics existed. Um, working, drawing, going out at night, um, drinking, going back to work, drawing, basically sort of going, what people do when they're, um, how old was I? I was 21 and I'd just finished college and come to London to work, so I, I'm lying, I wasn't 21, I was actually slightly older, <laughs> <laughs> sort of, around about that age, and uh, yeah, no, just having a good time and working and, draw and inking professionally. Um, and that you, have, you have a background in architecture too, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So had, had, had you started on that yet? I I graduated. Yeah. So when um, you said you're drawing canary wharf, you're actually drawing canary wharf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, going. It was before. It was before most of it was built. So I was going down there in um, a Land Rover, driving around in the mud. Um, it was really great. It was great time. It was lots of um, people over from Ireland. Lots of technicians over from Ireland, and basically we weren't really work hard and play hard. Right, um, so this was architectural work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, it, was, it was great. It, things changed after that, but you're drawing all this stuff by hand. So the drawings were like um, maybe half the size of this table. So you sort of maybe have several people working on them. And then it was, it was good times, but not comics, sorry. Um, yeah, and they, they came later. There's nothing wrong with an ugly comics. Uh, but we'll come back to that in a minute. But, but, but first, Jamie, you, you, you were how old in 1992? So I was 12. Bullshit. <laughs> 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 I'm 
37 now. You're fifth this year anyway. I was just trying to think, and mum and dad are at the back, might be able to confirm, but um, sorry to embarrass you. Uh, I think I just discovered American comics, and I feel like we were at Forbidden Planet in Cardiff, and I bought the From the Ashes collection, which was the X Men, the Paul Smith run on X Men. Amazing, yeah. Like, I couldn't ask for a better introduction. And then after that, I was like, oh, well, I want to read X Men now. And so I got like a, a subscription at my local news agency, and I think it was still the Jim Lee X Men. Was that like 91, 92? Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, just the tail end of that. Um, and that got me into comics then, and then obviously I think I went off into finding out what Jimmy did next, etc. Um, and I found like the one comic shop in Worcester, which is near where I grew up, that lasted for about another two years and then shut down. Um, yeah, and that's sort of how I got into it. So, Kieran, I was sixteen, seventeen. I was, I know I was mainly listening to Rage Against Machines' first album because it's moving into ninety two. Uh, from very specifically note, <laughs> back to the machine for actually putting a time date on the year. Um, I was, wasn't reading comic, or I was, my brother was still reading 2000 AD in the magazine and stuff like that, but I'd like drifted out of comics, and this is kind of like the period when I, you know, went for all the British kids' comics and then essentially stopped because there's no comic shop in Stafford. Mm. Uh, so I was like, I was very aware that by reading the music press, I, should, I wanted to read Watchmen and I wanted to read like everything else they plugged. If I by reading the games press as well, because the games press used to be very like comic centric. I knew all the stuff you should be reading, but I also knew I couldn't get it. <laughs> uh, so it's um, I was in that kind of weird drifting period, and I was mainly into uh, pop music and video games, and crying and masturbating <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. So few, th yeah, so few things changed. He is a goth. <laughs> start with you, Warren. But, but at what point, like, 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 when Image started, what was your frame of reference for that? Like, like, what, what did it mean? To you? Um, oh God, and this is being recorded too. So <laughs> <laughs> let me see how political I can be in this statement. Recorded, um, judged. Yeah, recorded, judged. Um, it was all the really rich artists who drew all those books with shitty writing <laughs> were going to Image to draw and write books themselves. Um, and I didn't have access to comics for a, a period around the Image launch, and it was probably about six months after the full launch that I got to see some of the stuff. Uh, and I remember being taken aback by the production values, because back then nothing looked better than an Image book. And of course Todd McFarlane had very quickly started hiring actual writers. Mm -hmm. you know, Alan Moore did an issue, Dave Sim, whatever. Um, the energy of it was fascinating, and of course they looked great. Um, the writing came later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how about you? What were you, you? Yeah, no, I mean at the time, I was, <clears throat> I know. Then I think back. I think that uh, you know, it gets a lot of bad rep for like what was coming out at the beginning. But I mean, there was. It to me, it feels like such a, a, a dramatic reaction to what you know, those guys would have been working against. I mean, most of that isn't to my taste, personally. But uh, just the pure unbridled, like, you know, just, there must have been nothing like that. Like, it doesn't happen in film, it doesn't happen in any other mass medium where you just get to make something. Like, the, 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 the you know, the cage doors are open and they just flew out. So we can completely understand that so much of it was <coughs> just this frantic mess of high-octane, 
energy but uh, I think it shows point. that because it was artists who started just mm. that you accept the production values yeah. you know yeah, I mean you made a good point about the, the artist being unchanged because it has been tried in film mm. things like the directors come to me in the 70s but it always ended in, in shambles mm. uh, and somehow uh, the image line held together and pushed through that uh, reached, a, reached a period of relative maturity fairly quickly yeah, like I think a lot of people pay a lot of attention to that early mm. spurt. Like again, because again, I, I'm not looking at it with nostalgia. Where like I grew up on that stuff, I can kind of look back at it. And, and sure, there was stuff I didn't, didn't like. There was, there was some great stuff, and even I mean, I forget that Stormwatch was what wasn't that was image was it? Yeah, you know, like stuff that in my brain I would assign to other things like came from mm. from from that. And it, I think that. You know, like you said, like Todd and guys would hire, hire it, right? They wanted to make the product better. You know? It's worth noting actually how cheeky that early stuff was. Most comic stores ranked the books alphabetically. Todd McFarlane had previously on, been on Spider Man, so he named his book Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Lee had previously been on X Men, so his book was named. Wildcats, <laughs> just next to the books they used to do, but ranked slightly ahead of them. But even I'm trying to think of the context, like the the, 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 the kind of write the a lot of the, the writers who find problems in the '80s through Vertigo, you know that that was a reaction to I'm sure like a lot of bad comics, and in the same way I think Image was probably like the, the the balancing effect of 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 being able to do that type of stuff and artists owning the work that they were doing, you know. Alison, I, I wanted to come back, back to you because because I first heard from you when I want to say 2012. You you had emailed me and and, and, and and you were very very enthusiastic about about what we were doing. So, I still so, am. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> what happened between between 1992 and 2012 to introduce you to comics? Um. Gosh, it feels like ages ago. Now, I um, met you at a, com at a convention at MCN, didn't I? Wow, I'm that would have been 2011. So he did. This is true. That would have been yeah. in 2011. And I cried. I went around the corner and cried. Oh God, um, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> um, that happens. Was he scary? No, no, he's really nice. Oh, that's why I cried. No, no. I'm being judged. No. What, what, happened, what happened was um, I read a lot of film magazines, and um, anyway, what the Watchmen film was coming, and about a year ahead of it um, coming out, I was like oh, this looks good, I shall get the book. And, um, and I got the book and I was like, this is amazing! And um, I thought, oh, wow, you know, comics can be many things. And then I thought I shall find out more about this thing. I mean, I've read 2018. I just want to interject there. It was, it was Watchmen that did it for you. Yeah. You know Dave Gibbons trained in architecture. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's all connected. Yes, it's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> all connected. No, and uh, yeah, no. So I got got Watchmen, and then I wanted to find out about more stuff, and uh, I had no idea where to look, and um, so I sort of groped around on the internet for a couple of years, and um, for example, read read Warren, found Warren's blog, and read it, and um, that was met you maybe, then did me my own about finding out about comics, and then met mm. you. Um, about a couple of years after I'd done that, and then um, taught myself to draw, and then um, then one day I got um, my contract, my work contract ended, and I'd done a four-page comic. Uh, somebody had suggested I do once so I'd done one and published it, and it had turned up on the internet. And then somebody rang me up and said, "Will you draw my graphic novel?" And I said yes, 
<laughs> and um, so I'm, like, I'm kind of like maybe any of you who somebody rings you up and says, will you draw my graphic novel? And I say yes. And I was like, what are you going to say? Are you going to say no? Um, yes. <laughs> I am washing my hair. Uh, yes, yeah, so I said yes. And then I did. And then Image published it, which was nice. And um, so, yeah, that's what, that's what happened after I met you, because that's kind mm. of, yeah. he asked me maybe six months after that. Mm. And um, so, yeah, um, it's all relatively recent. And um, it's great, actually. I mean, the, th the thing is, I have to say, when I, before I did this, everything I did in my life was work, was work for hire. I've never been personally credited for anyth any work, any creative work I've done. And... Um, so going back to what when I started sort of reading about image and I wrote to Eric I said this is amazing because what this means is so it's quite emotional <laughs> what this means is for the first time in my life I can actually earn something myself mm. which it's just it kind of blows my mind mm. yeah no you know it's funny because it's like you, you, you emailed me like several times and it's <laughs> like like at one point uh, uh, Alison had sent me me this this this, this photo of she says this is this is what I'm looking at you know above my drawing table and it was every, everything that she sent was 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 very Heartfelt, and, and, and then I later met you at Thought Bubble, and, and, and yeah, it was really great to just know that like 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 whatever it was we were doing that was having an effect on you was 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 that important. Well, I think I think it's important to say to people that I mean I imagine most of you are probably doing some sort of work for hire for somebody, and maybe many of you are in creative jobs, and it's like this is your opportunity, this is a thing you can do, and there's and you can control it all yourself, and there's nearly nothing like that. Where you can you can make an entire thing, and you can design it all, and you can write it, and you can draw it, and you can colour it, and then lots and lots of people can read it. And um, so yeah, no, it's quite good that. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah now, now, now you mentioned that you found Warren's blog, and so, yeah. so Warren has has, has been, as, as, as most of you probably know, active in, in, in many areas of the internet. But but at one point he, he had a forum, the Warren Ellis forum. Which, which, which I think they use on you, Jamie Curran. He's kind of to blame. It's he is like, to blame. Like, oh, I, I, I got into comics literally in, like, properly into comics, like 2000. You know, so really like, so the WEF was, and the Warren's Forum, cover your ears, Warren. You know, it was basically yeah. the. Here we go, if you're listening at home, I make people cry and they blame me for their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Every tear I owe him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this is basically the watering hole of the entire comics, early comics internet. And this is where people like you know, me and Jamie and Fraction and Kelly Hickman. Sue and Hickman. Hickman. God knows how many other people. Sam Humphreys. Yeah, a kind yeah, of generation of like kind of angry young people. Like we're going to change comics, and it took us longer than we thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it took us fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It always takes longer <laughs> than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of like, and for me, as somebody who never knew anything at all about comics, that was my. Um, my liberal education. Like I arrived on the web and it's like I have no idea what to read, and I, I lurked for like several months, uh, just trying to actually pick up information and like learn stuff. And I still remember what the first thread I wrote. And my first thread was, "Why is nine panel grids not used enough?" I mean, well, why is nine panel grids um, not used, you know, as, as commonly when it's such an, an important historical form? And Charlie Chu still mocks me for that. <laughs> it's the it's a, it's a comment of like the very prepared question. Like you stand up in public and read it. Um, well, Charlie Chu's an editor now, so the universe <laughs> has a way of balancing these things. <laughs> he, he always was the enemy. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
I love you, Charlie. Uh, yeah, so, so that's kind of we came in, and it's like there was like, oh, you can do comics, and especially like uh, the stuff that one was putting out in terms of ideologically speaking was very creator driven. You know, the idea that you know we can remake the medium anytime we choose. I mean, you could; it just took us longer. Yeah. Uh, and that's the kind of like a lot of the the, the soil where essentially I, you know I grew from. This is the kind of like the very wide, the very liberal idea of what comics is. In the kind of you know, to quote the person who's missing here, comics you know for everyone. Well, comics can be anything. So like that, I came with the comics as a medium, and that's kind of like a lot just comes from that really. Yeah, you, you, keep, you keep saying that it, that it kind of took longer to change things than, than, than everyone had initially planned, and and, and it's <laughs> funny because people uh, a, a few years back. Uh, people used to say to me, they're like, oh, Image is doing such fantastic stuff now, you've got all these great people putting out all these fantastic books, this, this huge variety of material, and, and it's like, oh, well, we've always kind of been doing that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I would actually cite the fact that, that back around 2006, 2007, mm -hmm. you and Jamie were doing Phonogram, Matt, Matt and the twins were doing Casanova, Warren, you and Ben Templesmith were doing, were doing Fowl, and, 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 and it was a very similar vibe to, to, to what was happening then as, as, as to what happened later. But but I, any, any of you can, can kind of jump in but, and answer. But, but what, nobody gave a shit back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll bought it. What do you think happened between then and, and, and uh, like 2012? It's interesting because when we first, we first both, it was both our first show, right? I think that was your first show as well? Yeah, 2006. 2003, yeah. Bristol. Yeah. Actually, um, it was my second, or well, my third show actually. But, okay. but the first, carry on. The first one where you had a table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my first yeah. one with a table. Um, we just thought comics were dying. We thought this was it. This was the end of it, because um, it was just getting smaller and smaller every year, and, and a bit more sad. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, this is all medium for us. Yeah. So that's <laughs> when, this is this is where we're going to be. Another um, was appealing. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if anybody else wants to say what. I, what I remember like something Warren said when we were launching Wickdiff. Is that you felt that the, the market might have caught up with us? Mm. You know that kind of like. So it was a bit like what we were doing then might have been a bit of ahead of the curve. And Wick did was like, oh no, we're on the curve now. Yeah. You can tell because it's selling. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think also, I've always been doing that because I'm thinking just what we were saying about the production values when we started, and then you know the companies had to compete with that, so they did. They made colouring better. They made, uh, and when you know when <clears throat> the risk of embarrassing and Warren made superhero comics better, then all the other companies had to do the same. And I think that the work that was coming out of Image, while you know there's always this thing of competition between two big companies, I think that. Image have been basically raising the bar of like the the medium, and everybody else has had to basically, you know, step up to try and meet that. There's a lot of things Fraction said around 2008. I'm not sure if I've said this publicly, and I'm not sure if you, you know, so take this with this pinch of salt. It's like images where you go to see your next favorite creators in terms of like, oh yeah, these are the people who will be working on your Marvel book in three years' time, mm -hmm. and see them now. Yeah. And this is basically where the future happens. My first UK convention, I was in a queue to get to Bristol and. Uh, this weird fella came over to me and gave me a flyer for this book called Phonogram. Yeah, he was literally handing them out. I was at, at the door. outside in 2006, hanging out flyers so that everybody went to Bristol Comic Con. Yeah. Oh, hey, I, bought, I got your book after you. Thank you very so, much. You know, it works. No, it's interesting that you bring up that, that thing that Fraction said because when it started, obviously, it was, as you said, a bunch of rich artists going off and, 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 and doing their own stuff. And, and then I think gradually sort of other people came in who, who were already successful in comics and, and, and they did work at Image. But then we went through a period kind of in the mid to late 90s where it was a lot of recruiting new talent yeah. and, and, and pulling in people who hadn't done comics before and, and seeing what happened with that. But now we've kind of swung back around to the fact that, that there are people who started at Image and then went on to do work at Marvel. But now there are a lot of people like yourselves actually who 
went from Image to Marvel and then came back to Image. Yeah, and we, I mean, we have a lot but there's more. But there's always the like, I think the problem is like the Image books that get more attention on the books that sell more, which mm -hmm. are normally by people who've kind of got a career elsewhere and then come back. And Image is always doing the books which aren't selling as well and are like completely creators, like you know, like you know Dan's Limbo to mention, you know, random book in the room, you know. As in, so Image is always doing both ends of the scale, and it's like this. Um, the yin and yang of it, you know, the, the kind of the, the serpent eating its own sort of tail aspect. But there was definitely a thing with us when we were finishing our last Marvel book. It's like we've definitely got this audience that's there for us and not there for the, you know, the characters or the, the universe. And we should try and do something with that. And, and uh, yeah, come back to image with that. I think. Not to be cynical. Not to be cynical. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like you've, you've, you've definitely, and that, that is, I feel like that's the thing that's changed as well in the last sort of 20 years or whatever. that awareness of creators on the superhero books and whatever is much higher mm. and people do follow creators rather than the characters and especially if you're correct with something to say yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's not a coincidence that like this run of wolverine is your favorite one and the one right after it isn't yeah yeah it's not the character it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and like that kind of awareness was like, well, yeah. I mean, you, like Warren talks about quite. I'm literally speaking for Warren here. But, you, know, you can talk a bit about <laughs> yes, like why you enough. do work for higher jobs in terms of reaching a different audience, and like, and also you very clearly you write to work for higher jobs with something in mind. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm just going to do a Spider-Man story. It's kind of Warren is, you know, this is what I'm into at the moment, and I'm going to do like a story about Karnak because I'm really into Nihilist philosophy. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> can I, what can I do to make this interesting? Which is, you know, that's how you become a, a writer people care about. I don't know if that was a question there. That's how you wound up working with Declan, though, right? Is it so you wanted to work with Declan, and so you guys wound up working together? Uh, yeah, they start, what happened, I have this weird relationship with Marvel, is they, they come to me every year or two with a list of things that are broken. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, can, can, you, can you take one of these down into the basement laboratory we keep for you? And I was on the list. <laughs> I was the broken thing. <laughs> 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 it wasn't that after, you see, after you choose the project, you, you get to choose the meat. Contain <laughs> 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 the meat. <laughs> Either way, it's all good and, you stuff. Know, you, you fire lightning into it, and yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm not saying I treat you like you know bits of corpse eyes. <laughs> it's all it's what it feels like. <laughs> but I know uh, Eric. So you, haven't Eric got, you haven't got Geordie to defend you. No, I don't. Yeah, so I can do what I want. Eric told me something along those lines that like you want to do something. It was news to me, like because um, uh, I think I was saying to you at dinner that uh, in the space of time I built a career in comics mm. and kind of like been doing work outside of it so to do something with you was amazing but yeah, I, I never would I have imagined so. you'd want to do something with me like I just thought it was a fluke was I off doing Gun Machine at that point I think you had been yeah yeah, yeah. But like the, I thought I'd hit the lottery basically, and then you want to do something with me afterwards. It's like gee, look, I'm just gonna well, after, I'm after gonna ride these coattails as far as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after the first issue of the art on the first issue of Moonlight came in, I thought, well, there's someone I can earn money off of. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> this one belongs to me now. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying about like uh, creators going for Marvel teams, well, like, I, I pretty much like have been doing work for hire the whole time, um, and had gained a certain like not a massive following because it was like small characters and whatnot. But um, it was a, uh, I will say one thing for work doing work for hire is it trains you to get the, your your work in, get the right. job done. Mm. And I I, I, I like so when I went to the image, my approach was to get the job done. Whereas I think when a lot of new creators maybe because. 
you know, doing creator on is really overwhelming. It's like lots of it's lots of work outside of just making the book, right. and that can impact the work, and it can like you know uh, d deal with uh, delays and deadlines. I think the one thing for for hires it can train you to be an efficient, productive creator, and taking that to something that you own is something you can really benefit from. But I think what happens now, which may not necessarily have been true ten or fifteen years ago is images now where you graduate to. If you're a creator who's actually got something to say outside of, boy, it's really fun writing Spider-Man. If you've got things about the world and about life and about literature you want to say, then it's image you go to. Uh, because of those opportunities, image is the best, and Marvel and DC no longer offer those opportunities. Um, they are frankly not no longer really interested. And yes, there's vertigo, but that's a whole other thing. Aside from that one partial exception, Marvel and DC are not particularly interested in writers who have something to say beyond continuing to iterate the characters and properties they own. So if you if you want to do something other than that, if you want to write a book in comics, then there's image you go to. I think also it's relevant what you said. It's about people who have something to say. So I, I, I take issue with you say you say it's something people graduate to. I don't think it is that. I think it's somewhere where people who have something to say go, and you don't necessarily graduate into that position. Um, yeah, some people. I don't necessarily disagree. Well, I was going to say there's, there's some there's some people who who, who are going to be perfectly fine doing work for hire and, and are going to do fantastic work within that realm mm. and, and may never have ideas of their own. That they wish right, but there are also work. people who are going to start doing work for hire, mm -hmm. and then feel like I want to step up to saying what I want to say now, and so True. it's image you go to to do that. Yep. Am I the only person who feel, when I'm, I'm aware that I've got ideas for comics and I don't pitch them the image, because they're, like, they're, they're, they're almost too lightweight, <laughs> you know what I mean, and I actually take my image work quite seriously, and it's seriously in quotation marks, and so <laughs> I'm kind of aware, oh yeah, this has got to be quote unquote the real work. Well, um, your, your generation, and I'm thinking a fraction here yeah. as well, you do like making life difficult for yourself. That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> Congenitally wanky. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, oh God, Fraction was writing like a forward or an afterward or something for mine now, and he emailed me this whole big plan. And I just emailed him back, not every fucking thing has to be difficult. <laughs> do, do, this is do you find a difference in the, gen like, the generations as such, but like in, say, Cycles of creators, you know, like say, uh, war contemporaries of Warren, and say, you know, I would be contemporaries with uh, Annie and uh, Jimmy. Have you noticed a difference in like approach, or you know, like before before image there was no image, so they had to make it and just just build a thing that happened, and then people took that and they made a different type of product and then a different type. Have you seen some uh, like an, uh, a, a change develop? Yeah, I think that, that some of the younger creators that that, that are working in the business now, they, they, they view doing creator own comics as an option, whereas whereas there are still some some older creators who are, who are my age or, or older, who who are still kind of shocked by the fact that they're like, wait, so we're going to do this, I'm going to own this, I get to control this, there's not going to be somebody telling me what to do, and, and, and they, they are really kind of grappling with it, because, mm -hmm. because it doesn't make a lot of sense for them, whereas I do think a lot of the, of, of the creators who came up you know, in the years since Image started, they, they, they're like, okay, this is something I can do. It's something that they've been kind of working towards. Robert Kirkman is actually a great example of that because it's like he was a kid who was reading this stuff as it came out, 
and that was what he wanted to do. It's like, did he want to write Marvel comics? Sure, he wanted to do that as well. But he, his his long term goal was was to write and create his own his, his own books. I was gonna say. I'm quiet, so I don't say much. But I mean, from what you said, that just means I went straight to college, which is weird. <laughs> um, I was literally going to ask, yeah. how much of this just sounds like alien moon man talk to you? <laughs> but um, but I guess I'm one of those the, the different types of person um, people where if I can't say what I want to say or do what I want to do, I don't want to do it. So I work a part time job and I did comics and through Image because I got to say what I want. And there are stories that I've pitched and Image would be happy to do. And I remember pitching it to other places and like, oh, it's too dark or make it more for kids. I'm like, no, that's not the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's supposed to well, be no, this. The other thing too is that you were doing your own comics because it's yeah. like the, 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 well, yeah. the, the whole way you started doing stuff at Image was you had done your own mini comics, which which somebody brought to me and they were like, hey, you should check these out. That and it, really it could awesome. have to do with the, the way that I was introduced to comics too. It's like I never really read Marvel or DC mm -hmm. and I wasn't familiar with that whole hi hierarchy of publishers in the 90s or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm not, not dogging it. I'm just saying. All this old man shit is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> Manga, my, <laughs> my mother would give me manga to read, and then I would just make my own stories, and it just sort of flowed into a manner of where I wanted to do comics, not knowing all the stuff you guys were just talking about. Like I had no idea about any of that stuff. I mean, I hear they pay well, um, but I was like, but to me, I'd rather live happily because doing something I don't want to do makes me extremely depressed. But that's that's an amazing thing that you to basically those are your options. I either want to do it or I don't. That's basically there's it. There's no there's no compromise. Like if someone like, I'm which, to do this for a certain person which for a while. Which just hasn't it happened. But if, yeah. well, something did similar happen, or I mean, someone was like, "Would you want to work on this project?" I want to pitch for Marvel. Blah blah blah. And I was like, I it was you know continuing a pre-existing comic, mm. which I'm not you know, obviously I can't. But and I was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> My heart wouldn't be into it, and I just, I can't live, I mean, art, like, drawing is my, like, mm. my passion. Mm. Well, and that's one of the really cool things, going back to what your question for me was, Declan, was, was, was that when, when, when I, like I said earlier, in 1991, I wanted to get into comics, and I was like, okay, I could go do stuff for Marvel, I could do stuff for DC, and, and it's, it's basically you have to want to do something with one of those characters. You know, you, know, you, you have to do one. At, at, at the time, it was like, well, the, the, the main goal was to like write X-Men or write Batman or write Superman. Um, and there, there weren't a lot of other options. And, and, you know, Dark Horse was around at the time, and I think Valiant had just started. Um, uh, Valiant was doing all of their, like, retro bringing gold key comics. Oh, God, that was the, the Jim Shooty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then Dark Horse, like Dark Horse likes to pretend that they do, they do creator own comics, but not really. <laughs> it's like they didn't seem like much of an option. And then all of a sudden, when Image started, it was like, these are guys who are, who are creating their own stuff and they're doing it. And then, then the brilliant thing that they did was instead of just doing it themselves, uh, the, the seven of them, they were like, hey, we want to get other people to come and, and do this as well. And so all of a sudden, there was this option that, that didn't exist before. Um, and yeah, and it's like like that, that's that's how we got Emmy. That's how we got Allison. And then like Jamie, you and Karen, your first comics work actually was yeah for for, for Emmy. Yeah, yeah. like, we we've done like stuff in the British small press, and we've done stuff for magazines. But you know, the, the first comic worth a damn was phonograph. Yeah. yeah. The second photograph. 
Uh, but yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, we straight into it, yeah. It was quite funny, we did the, the first, first thought bubble, which would have been, well, it would be 11 years ago now, this year. Um, we did a panel like about British people breaking into American comics and things. And everyone else was, I go 10 years old and whatever, and it was all like, you work for 2000 AD, you wait for the phone call from DC or Marvel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then they came to us and it was like, well, we were just on the internet, and then we went to Image. Yeah. I can't believe people were still saying that. I never worked in 2000. Yeah, I mean, we were the first generation to understand like, how emails worked. That was kind of like, <laughs> why, why would we pitch to the UK people when there's people in other countries who let you keep the rights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. It's, it's weird, cause, especially because we were one of the very few people who worked for Image in the UK. Like we're aware that like for yeah, quite long, then, yeah. for almost like ten years we were like the go-to people in terms of like comic creators. Like, a lot. That's, okay, how does the image deal work? And we yeah. spent a lot of time explaining how it didn't work because right. these kind of <laughs> ideas of how the image. Oh no, but you you owe the money that kind of stuff. The, yeah. the, so I ended up having the conversation with so many creators. Okay, this is how image works. This and the basic weird maths of the deal. And it's with me, you know, basically. Me as a complete nobody, and you know, we've done this book, we've sold four copies. <laughs> we're like the fountain of all knowledge. <laughs> that, that, that's how depressed in the noughties were. Well, it's, it's, it's actually, it's an interesting thing because the, 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 the way image works actually is that instead of ever asking, like, you, you, you talk about being able to just like email, like very few people will just email and say, hey, I have this question about this. Instead, what they will do is they will go to any one of the people on this panel and ask the questions. Yeah, I'm just remembering the day I had the image deal explained to me, and I think you know this story. Jim Valentino <laughs> came to London and got fairly drunk with me. <laughs> <laughs> and after four or five hours, he leans over the table and says, here's the deal, man, here's what I call it. It's called, it's called the take nothing, get nothing deal. <laughs> you want it or not? <laughs> <laughs> I, remember you you me up. I remember explaining it to you, and you were horrified that he said this. Yeah. Well, it's 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 yeah. We we, we 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 do take relatively little, and it's like you get what you put into it, really. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's which is something that I wanted to ask you guys. It's it's like you've all you've all been working for us for for varying amounts of time. Um, uh, what 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 are the pluses and minuses of of doing creator own comics? <laughs> <laughs> the comics will break your heart of it all. You know, no, no comic will break your heart as surely as an image comic will. As in, you, know, you have complete control. The problem being, you have to control everything. Yeah. You know, like, and especially with someone like me and Jamie, we are so obsessive compulsive about everything in the book. It will. There's an, an infinite amount of time, and we will go over everything, and yeah. you know, we'll break ourselves. I mean, Jamie, do you want to pick a bit about this? Yeah. I mean, well, um, like you say, you control everything, and it's like literally everything down to what paper it's printed on and all that kind of stuff. Which is a level of control you just don't have at Marvel DC, and obviously I one thing. love it though. It's, it's brilliant. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. It is actually brilliant, but it also is a lot of extra work. But yeah. then there's things like, essentially, as long as you know the image logos on the front and the and the price and the barcode or whatever, we own. We can put whatever we want between all the pages, and so no, no, people no, like us. We were doing injection. Now. Eric said, "Do you even need to have the logo on the front?" Yeah, yeah. There's no, like, somewhere. Like the publisher yeah, yeah. doesn't yeah, yeah. necessarily want to have the yeah, logo. Yeah, like we can have it on the back if we have to, but. Yeah. Um, but just that level of control, so like we design, you know, we hand over an entire ready-to-print product kind of thing. We des we control from the front to the back every single page, because uh, yeah, that's what we want to do, and because we we want the whole object to be what it is. But it's also extra work. Actually, like, we you know, we the original photogram was always like let's do a magazine in comics. So like we'll get beasts, we'll get other artists to do backup stories, do art, you know, the idea. Okay, we've got thirty-two pages, we can do anything we want with it. And you don't get that with any other publisher. No, I want to. Sorry, sorry. I just Unless want to self-publish. Yeah, yeah. So any other publisher. But you, yeah, but then you don't have the the opportunity. But like um, the first issue of 
fuck it, I'll say it. So the, the first issue of Young Avengers, um, <laughs> you open up the cover and the inside front page is an ad for like Dr. Pepper Zero or something <laughs> with a line like, not for girls. Yeah, it's not for girls. <laughs> and it's like, what, you just want to tear up the comic and throw it straight away. Like, all that work we put into this book, trying to make it for everyone, and then the first page is not for girls. Yeah. And that kind of stuff that you have no control over. Uh, somewhere yeah. like Marvel, and just that. It's amazing to think about it because, especially like you know, we're storytellers, we're telling stories, and not being able to control the pace of how you're delivering that yeah, story. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's actually kind of crazy if you think about it. Like, yeah. it's, it's like if you were if you were an editor and you made a film and you handed over to somebody else to make cuts and move things around without having like it's it's um, it, it it's the telling of the story and, and those type of things just makes it more abstract. Or mm-hmm. like you said gave an example of exactly what you were trying to not do, yeah. and it just flew right It's ruined right before it's the comic starts. On, on the positive side, it's also the experimental stuff you do in Wikdiv. Like, abstract is 20 pages of comics every month. In actual practice, it's about, like, because design pages aren't pages of comics. We can split Jamie's pages in, like, if you do, like, a six-panel grid, and half the, half the grids are black pages we're just lettering in, that's actually half a page. So we have two of them for the price of one. So, and those kind of things, which, because, you know, I'm, like a, a creator, I work for Hogwarts, they pay you a page rate. Yeah. So you can't do that kind of trickery because, frankly, the financial is not set up for that. Whilst we like basically magic an extra five pages out of every issue due to, you know, because we have that level of control and we yeah, can yeah. and we own it all, you know. Um, so yeah, they're, they're complete, that, that's the good thing, you know. The, down, the downside is just a lot. Yeah. I mean, especially, obviously, I'm often, I'm not very good at replying to emails anyway, but um, ever, ever. But uh, when it comes round to do like press and stuff like that, I'm drawing the comic, and that sort of all falls on Kieran. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, I don't know, typing. It's you love typing, the work so outside of there's work. There's work. The work of making the comic. Yeah. And there's the work of getting the comic made. Yeah. And, and even things two like, different jobs. Yeah, even things like getting the artist with the variant cover or whatever. Yeah. That's us. We have to do that, not the publisher yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, like, there's not, it's not in the cell, like the image does do stuff. So yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem yeah. yeah. is we, we do take too much stuff off, you know, because you can do it, we do do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I, think, I think the thing is, image does do stuff, but the reason we're doing this is because we want to do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. yeah, yeah. This whole kind of building the comic thing, I really love all that. So, like, what we're doing with Winnebago Graveyard, we've got, I think... I counted the credits on Irish. I think we've got like 12 people. Yeah. A big, big team of people nearly on every issue. Emmy's on our number three. Um, There's loads of people. I love all all that sort of juggling and putting, jigsawing the thing together. That you have that control. Like the first first two phonogram series, we didn't design like the interior inside front cover and the costume stuff, like Drew imaged it or that. So you can hand it over, but like, yeah, we're, 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 we want <laughs> control of everything, yeah. so we do it. So it is, it is extra work. Mm. But there's some really, I mean, there's stuff you wouldn't even think of. I mean, last night, for example, I mean, this week, our comic was solicited, which is great. And then last night, I got an email from somebody going, I'm a practicing Satanist. Um, what is the <laughs> philosophy of Satanism in this book? And I thought, I have to answer this. <laughs> and, and, or, 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 you know, something's going to go horribly wrong where this person is going to complain on the internet. And, um, and, I, and I, I was, it, how long did it take me? About an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half I didn't need to be doing that with because there's so many different things one needs to be doing to put the comments together 
Well, the yeah. short answer is read the book and find out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey. Or, or, or do the game and don't answer the email. Um, but the thing is, you have to decide what to do, and that's just one of. You didn't think that was going to happen. Um, Next so time, just send the email to Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what, um, what I used to do the, when I took over. So, uh, I, uh, I took my email off. The second I started doing big work for Hirebox, I saw my email off the website. So within an hour of being taken over the X-Men, I got my first like multiple-page email. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then I got to the point where I just forward everything yeah. to Jamie, and Jamie tells That's, you whether to read it or not. That, yeah. that, that, was, that, was sure, what, yeah. that was what happened. I got, yeah. a I got a telling off from my <coughs> colleagues. Um, they said, get a special email address for the book and I'm like yeah, 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 yeah. and then they said we're not looking at it <laughs> um, so so yeah that's something there. but that, that, that's what that's what you're doing you're learning a whole load of new stuff all the time I mean it's I go back to the thing I like is the um, you stand or fall on your own skills mm. it's um, and if you think you're good this will be what you know this will you find out if you are <laughs> um, and I quite like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> a most depressing sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, a good and, it's a good and bad thing that like doing a book of image forces you to own your shit. You can do a book for yeah. creative for uh, work for hire and you can just draw the thing, hand it in, done. But it's not quite the same. You have to follow through in ways in which you know you, you just throw it into the work hole when you're doing uh, work for hire. And that's not it because you want to take, it's something that you own, you want to take it through and, and make sure that you know it's getting to the printer okay, or that you're looking after your team better because they're your collaborators, and you've got to treat each other right in order to keep the machine moving and everybody happy. And it just forces you to kind of like understand the machine of comics more to make good work and keep it productive. Have you heard Scott Snyder's line? This is something Scott said that always stuck with me. Um, and it's like when you're doing like with the hire. So, uh, when doing work for hire, the problem is, you know, you've got this thing you care intensely about. So, when you work for hire, you've got this thing where everyone else likes, and you've got to find a way to make yourself care. Well, it's a room, you've got this thing you care about intensely, and you've got to find to make anyone else care. You know, that's literally the opposite. I mean, I when I was doing my first, like, Marvel work, I realised the first time I ever wrote Doctor Doom, and reviews are instantly, like, two stars better. And not anything to do with my writing, just because people like fucking Doctor Doom. You know, that kind of like... Also, you're very similar to him, so you find it easy. I'm a bitter European, well, you know, but you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, that's a kind of like, you, 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 this, this level of sentiment you get for like, writing Work for Hire, and it's a very different challenge, and you kind of get credit for stuff which isn't your own. Mm. And Work for Hire is, you know, the second, you know, as I was saying, it's all you. You know, your failings and successes, your own kind of shit. Which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the point, really. I mean, that's what creator is about. Mm. So, so, I mean, say if you're, do and if you're doing work for hire, you're kind of let off on that, which is sort of why, after 25 years of work for hire, I actually did want to do some creator and I was really bored, frankly, of <laughs> just not being let loose. So it's, I think people might relate to that. But I'd say the, be the best thing about doing something, I think, which is the satisfaction <coughs> that comes with finishing it. Because better for better or worse, <laughs> no, but, but for better or worse, yeah, it'll fail or it'll succeed. Errors. But it is exactly what you want it to be, mm. and that could never happen anywhere else, you know. And there's a level when we did Moon Knight. Uh, I mean, Warren was great, where he kind of, if, Mar if Marvel said no to something, Warren just said that's what we're doing, and they said okay. I <laughs> <laughs> was there on the emails going, this yeah. is fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and once we we'd done that, I realised I want more of this, not less of it, mm. you know, and. Then yeah. we just built this whole thing ourselves and massively and unearned power and privilege, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's nothing. There's just nothing as satisfying as, as, as making something your, your own. 
Well, and how do you feel about you know this kind of conversation? Like having all the stuff you were saying, Circa 2000. How do you feel about hearing this sort of conversation now? Um, trying not to answer the question. <laughs> Sorry, because it's all your fault. It's a thing. Oh, it's all my fault. It's yeah, all, it is. Jesus, yeah, yeah. why is everything always always my fault? Well, without the Warren Ellis Forum, like fifty percent of the people who are our contemporaries wouldn't be in comics. Oh, good. I've remade <laughs> comics on my own image. <laughs> Does this mean I can leave now? No, you can never leave. Because <laughs> I'm ready, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if, if, if you're ready, so I, 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 I want to ask all the guests. So if, if you weren't working in comics, what, what, what would you be doing? Oh, I would be very slowly writing a novel every year or two. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking a lot more than I do now. <laughs> why, why would you be drinking more writing a novel? Because <laughs> I have the time. <laughs> because I'd be writing a novel very slowly, you see. <laughs> 500 words that are done for the day. <laughs> Plug a bottle of whiskey into my veins. <laughs> how, how about you, Lee? What would you be doing if you weren't doing comics? Oh, God. Really? Uh, well, I might have gone down the direction of always wanting to be a lowbrow artist never went anywhere. And I'd probably collect cats. <laughs> <laughs> real cats? Yeah, real cats. And drink more. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I'd play video games. Yeah. Well, yes. yeah. Maybe. So maybe I would build not, not and that. max out characters and sell them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and Allison? Um, like every so about every two months I get offered architecture jobs and I don't know I mean I don't know what it would be I mean I've I've done something else and this is my second round and thinking about a third round is not something I'm particularly <coughs> thinking about at the moment I'm too, I'm too old to do that it's like um, yeah I want to enjoy this while I can uh, I don't know if it, I don't know how long it will last because um, you know, it is a feast of famine thing, and I do think it's slightly a young person's game. But, um, like yeah, just Warren. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think you need a lot of stamina, and you, need to, you kind of need to have fairly cheap habits. Um, no, so, and yeah. no. No, no. no. <laughs> Not so far. I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the prob probably the, the answer to the question is, is find out how to do it right. Because there is a way. It's probably writing, I would guess. I've done a lot. The reason I'm drawing now is because I've done spent a lifetime of writing. But maybe a time will come when I feel I'll be able to do it again. It's, I've just done too much. I'm the person who writes all the emails. Alison <laughs> <laughs> works harder than any artist on any book I've ever seen. She's astounding. She's dedicated. I'm doing it wrong. Jamie's right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Alison does the work. All the work I do, Jamie, Alison does on her yeah, books. Yeah. It's Jamie, weird. It's like, Jamie, what would you be doing? I don't know. I don't think. Your parents are in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a spare room. <laughs> I don't. I got to about the age of 21 at university, still not knowing at all what I wanted to do in my life. So I was very lucky to find comics. I uh, found page 45 in Nottingham where I went to university and discovered for that. So I, I generally don't know. Some office job, I guess. Like I really, it was, it was like, it was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah, the, I'm in the drum side and the drumming might have happened. I don't know, but it seems very unlikely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't like this. Was it was like, oh yeah, this is what I should be doing. 
That's yeah. such a late time. Yeah. And I think I get back to my you know major love in my teenage years of crying and masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> so what's changed? I'm not. I'm not letting you get away with that. Come on, I want to know. I think it's weird because I've I've had a very weird. Cause I used to be a games critic, and you know I've wandered through a variety of things, and I'm not even sure I'll stay in comics eventually. As in, eventually I burn out and do something else. And that's kind of be my genuine structure. And I'll do something until I'm like bored of it. And it's like, I'm bored of it implies any problems there, but I feel like I've done what I can in the form. Um, I don't know. You know, that's, that's definitely really the, the writing problem I'm wrestling with right now. Is like, if I wasn't doing this, what do I want to be doing next? Sounds like a writing show. You know, I'm sure because you know, people always ask me when I was 21, what do, what do we do with what to do for the rest of your life? I'm like, well, what I'm doing now, I'm sitting by a t when I was 21 as a games journalist. I'm basically sitting in a room with a typewriter and putting my ideas down on a screen. Yeah. That, you know, what that idea is, I think would change over the years. But that kind of that was that's still what I do now, and that's kind of a, you know, that subject. I see my, you know, there's very easily to imagine me as a game designer. Like I, you know, I've, I've done game design. I've worked with game designers. That's a very easy path to consider separately. You know, that would make a good thing. Not still dissecting brains. No, no, I, I did a biology degree, but the idea of me going back to my, you know, scientific roots is kind of Doctor Doomy. Yeah. <laughs> As I said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got to be a novel, Rich. Surely. Oh, you've seen my spelling. <laughs> buy a new laptop. It's basically a novel every script. Buy a, buy a new laptop. <laughs> call, call the laptop New Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a baby New Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I I write the damn novel. Yeah, only have to punch it into the computer once. <laughs> um, <laughs> just yeah, I'm, just like, I'm generally playing with. It's like some of the things I'm doing in the background this year. I'm playing with some pro stuff. I'm playing with some game design stuff. Like I'm doing like smaller projects separately. I'm doing some stuff for art for art's sake. To kind of decide what you really want to do. So I'm in, I'm in a very blessed state right now. Exactly. Um, it would have been either one of two things. I probably would have stayed in the family business of uh, delivering coal. That's <laughs> 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 my job. And, uh, or if I really wanted to, to, to be an artist, I really wanted to draw, but realistically, I probably would end up doing animation in Dublin or something, uh, which isn't. It would have been. The job I was told to do because I wanted to draw, not the job that I wanted to do because I wanted to, to make comics. But it's it's kind of the if you, if you wanted to draw for a living, that's kind of where people kind of heard you. And I say I might have, probably would have ended up there, but I wouldn't have been happy. I'm okay. totally writing detailed studies of pieces of coal. We're going to take some questions in a minute, but uh, before we do that, plug plug upcoming. Eric, what would you be oh. doing? What would I be doing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would I be doing? I was working in a library before I did this. Uh, uh, probably some kind of music writing. Anyway, back to you. Uh, plug something that you've got coming out. Uh, injection issue 11 came out last Wednesday. Uh, he writes it. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I have a graphic novel I'm writing that's out in September. And awesome. it's called uh, Savage Town. And it's about. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's about a, uh, it's an Irish crime story set in uh, in Ireland uh, about just scumbags, basically. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. Oh, dropped by Phil Barrett as well. There we go. Uh, oh, Fred. <laughs> 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 
that just says it all about image. Anywhere else you go to the office or call them up or write an email, and they say, what, what's the job you want to do? Well, it's a crime story about scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is. That, that was that actually the most succinct, succinct uh, pitch I actually have for it, so I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> Looking forward to the poster. <laughs> How about you, Warren? Uh, Injection 11, what he drew, um, along with Geordie, who might eventually listen to this. Hello, Geordie, you were supposed to be here. <laughs> uh, Wildstorm, issue two, also came out last week, uh, which is the book I'm doing at DC Comics. Uh, Castlevania is coming out through Netflix uh, nice. this autumn. Um, That's on the internet, isn't it? That will be on the t- internet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, various other bits and pieces. Right. Emmy, what do you have coming up? Um, well, I did a short story for Attack on Titan with Jody Hauser, which will be out for Free Comic Book Day. So it's free, so you have no reason to not it. <laughs> um, and then I'm currently working on the book I announced three years ago. Yay, finally. <laughs> called Tadaima which is a watercolor memoir about a trip I took to Japan to visit my grandmother's tomb after not having been back for 13 years. Uh, it's not really a travel log as much as about family, and my goal is to make people cry when they read it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic goal. Um, and then, Allison, you have at One Big Graveyard, and yes. you also have... No, that is ju- it's just that at the moment, because yeah. I have to... Well, not quite, but... I shouldn't be admitting to doing another one. Um, yeah, um, Winnebago Graveyard's just been solicited, and it's a um, four-issue miniseries with Steve Niles, and it's about, sort of about Satanists, or a family who go on holiday and get stuck with a load of Satanists, and it's quite gross. And, um, so that's your view on Satanism? Uh, no, no, it's quite gross. I mean, a good part of it, I mean, the, la- the last issue I did, half of it was just kind of gross. And like, <laughs> so me. Sorry. Um, and um, otherwise, just at the moment, I'm right now. I'm finishing up my story for Shelley Bond's Femme Magnifique book, and I'm drawing a story on Beth Ditto. Or nice. I'm hopefully finishing a story on Beth Ditto this weekend. And then, um, otherwise, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do next. I have to sort of decide that. I've just panicked because I've got to write mine as well this weekend. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's literally just reminding me. You, you do it She's got to get the art in by the end of next week. Ah! Well, fine. She will. Um, yeah. So, anyway, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Great. Jamie? Wicked and Divine. Always Wicked and Divine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 27 came out this week. Yeah, yeah. 28 comes out next oh, month. last week. Last week, 28 comes out next month. Then the special comes out, which I didn't draw, but it's... Andrew the, Lima. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was great? That's so you. Yeah, he worked on Avengers AI. Um, Man plus the Titan. Man plus, he's fantastic. He's done this. Is that the one with the Roman Triumph? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's amazing, amazing, yeah. like ancient Rome story. Wicked. Then the fifth trade comes out, Imperial Phase Part One. Then the hardcover for Volume Two, hardcover. Yes. The month after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next issue of the regular series. So Wicked forever, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're over halfway through. Yeah, yeah, we're getting. Thank there. God. <laughs> it's a long book. Yes. It is. It's on. It it, so I, I, over this weekend, I'll actually be doing the breakdown for issue by issue for the rest of Wicked, and that then all must be over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I will genuinely know what happens. And you know, you could ask me what's on issue fourteen, and I'll be able to tell you. Full stop. Oh yeah, these things happen. At the moment, it's slightly more amorphous, but it's almost done, which is kind of fucking scary. Yeah. Um, I'm doing that. 
I'm doing good for books other publishers I won't talk about. <laughs> uh, David Lafferty. You Lafferain. can talk about them. Uh, you know, Afro, I'm doing for Marvel. Uh, I'm doing like, Uber Invasion and uh, Cinema Purgatorio for Avatar. Uh, Ludocrats, which we also announced three years ago mm -hmm. with uh, David Lafuente, <coughs> I think is about to start happening again. Uh, due to one day I'll tell the story about why Ludocrats has been delayed and it's literally the most pathetic useless story <laughs> it's, a, it's a story about the power of the imagination and joy and wonder and it's genuinely been held up by paperwork it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's completely the Brazil you know it's the uh, we are being covered in uh, anyway uh, and then I'm sourcing on my another book hopefully Image will publish uh, which with, with an artist I can't name yet but that's the other project and it's really exciting it's set in early 1992 well, that's thematically closing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a writing trick, Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it says. Small words. So yeah, we'd like to open it up to questions. Is there anybody who has you? There you go. Um, yeah, stand, stand up. I wanted to ask a question um, referencing something I think that you said at the beginning, Declan, um, when you were saying before image, there was no image. I wondered what the panel thought about um, Vertigo in the sort of late 80s and early 90s. Vertigo didn't exist. Oh, okay. actually started in the 90s after Image started. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. No, the the, the, some of the books that were part of Vertigo mm. were, were, were published beforehand, but the, but the brand Vertigo was, was brought about later. Okay. Uh, so, what did you think about <laughs> in, uh, in that time period, the contemporaneous time period? Because <laughs> Swamp Thing was one of the early ones, wasn't it? That was DC. Yeah. I mean, Sam, you know, Sandman, structurally speaking, gave birth to a lot of the models that Image works off in terms of like the ongoing, the periodical that's been collected, and then you read in the series. You know, that's uh, most of Image's big books are worked off that Sandman model. So, you know. That, you know, in terms of commerciality, that's certainly there. You know, and obviously we rip off a lot of Vertigo, so you know, on a personal level. <laughs> I, I personally, I, I, uh, I, I love so many Vertigo books, but uh, I, this is just a personal point of view. I, I really hate it that they would just switch up artists for no reason. Like, not no reason. Oh, yeah. Clearly, there was a reason because <laughs> it's a monthly book. Yeah. But I, what I love, say particularly about, uh, if I feel like I'm just looking at the stands now and I can see Black Sides, I see Saga, I see Paper Girls. Uh, I see too, all those books are just cohesive, singular pieces of work mm. by a specific team. Mm. And just as a reader, like as, a, as an artist, but as a reader, that's just the stuff I want to read. Uh, I mean, I love Preacher, I love Why the Last Man. They were probably some of the best written books of the time, but I think, you know, it's definitely paved the way for like what I think Image is doing now, which is great writing and great art. And that's the best comics for me. Uh, I think that maybe there was a, a writing emphasis at Vertigo, which was probably needed, mm. but uh, a discrepancy yeah, I, kind of. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think I, I like I like the things are kind of balancing out right now. Mm. Okay. Anybody else? Fuck Vertigo! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 that's generally bleeding cool headlines. <laughs> He's actually writing it down right now. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> you're doing new um, image stuff, but with the wild stuff, you go back. Yeah. Like, how was that like and what was your whole thought process as well, especially it's like an anniversary year? It was, yeah, I had no idea about. This was one of those weird accidental things where I'd been, th I, I never go back is the thing. I've never gone back to pretty much anything I've done. 
And I had a conversation with someone one day that started making me think about whether I was just, I'd just gotten dogmatic about that, and that was just hardened thinking, which is never good. Uh, and then while I was thinking through that, I literally got the call from VC asking if I wanted to go back. And I thought, well, I might as well find out for myself. <laughs> so that was literally that. It was one of those fluky things if the phone call had been like one month in either direction away from it, I probably would have said no. It just happened to catch me at exactly the right time. Well, we'll see if it was a terrible mistake or not. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about that is actually when you, when you came on to the Stormwatch, because I, I think Alan had done Wildcats before that. Uh, maybe. And, and then you, you came along and you did Stormwatch, and you kind of really reinvigorated the, the entire Wildstorm line with, with Stormwatch and what you did. Because Stormwatch went into the authority, and then everything kind of kind of spread out from there. Um, so, so now it's like you're in the position again where you're going back and, 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 and kind of like re re rebuilding something that you kind of rebuilt. Yeah, um, which is weird. And, and the authority, the, the main impetus for the authority was that I found that no one was buying well, by Stormwatch. <laughs> the sales were in the toilet. It would have been cheaper for me to phone the remaining readers <laughs> than it would have been for them to print the book. Uh, and I found this out, and I called the office and said, I've just, seen this, uh, so I've just seen the sales figures. Why are you still publishing this? What's wrong with you? And they said, well, we really like the scripts, so as long as you want to keep writing it, we'll keep publishing it. And I just felt... Awful! <laughs> I thought, Jesus, I've got to find a way for these people to make some money off of this. And I started the process of going to the authority. <coughs> Which then, I mean, I mean, a lot of those characters actually have, 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 have wound up becoming part of the. Some of them, yeah. I mean, do you find you them in Wildstorm, I guess, now? The uh, I can, uh, okay. because um, I'm trying to preserve what Steve Orlando's doing. Right, yeah. So I said from the start, this is one of those DC alternate universes. Right. So it doesn't affect what Steve's doing with uh, Apollo and Midnight uh, or right. any other thing they might have iterated out of the line. Okay, yeah. I, I, about that, yeah. yeah, I didn't want those books to be killed just because I was doing the bloody Wildstorm books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I've protected them yeah. and myself. <laughs> <laughs> So this is one of the things that I've never asked you this morning, actually. Mm. It's like, so obviously, when the authority was dropping, this is kind of when the strokes and stuff were happening. And they kind of the definitive article bands were coming back in. <laughs> so, God, was, yeah. was there a conscious definitive, was it just like parallel definitive article time? Or that was absolutely <laughs> parallel. I'd had that title, The Authority, knocking around in a notebook for about six years. Oh. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, love, I love the. That's one of the interesting because it already felt like very culturally relevant at the yeah. time, and it and it was because even yeah. dancing in the main kitchen. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, I'd had that time knocking around for ages. It was just waiting for an idea to attach to it. You know, I, ju I just filled notebooks with random shit. <laughs> <laughs> spider. The name Spider Jerusalem had been in a notebook of mine since like 1988. Right. I think my Lucifer. She was like, when I was 21. I made her up. Right. Like she's been sitting around for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. In the back. Yeah. So I mean, some of you guys have been in comics for you know basically. Way. <laughs> some, some of you guys are veterans, essentially. And when, it, when it comes to dealing with coming out out of having to deal with editors and and people looking at scripts and going, gonna have to change that bit, and and then coming into image where you don't have the person looking over you saying, you know, you might have to turn it down a bit. What, how do you accustom to, you know, 
towing the line but not looking over the cliff and jumping off, so to speak. I'll let someone else answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffs are good to jump off. Like, absolutely, you know, you... You're not an idiot, you know, as in you know what you're doing. Like, it's like, it's, you don't need the, you know, it's more likely that, that you self-limit that any editor would anyway. You know you're trying to do the book. It's not really a major problem. As in, like, it's like, I, mean, I can't only cut speak for any other writer. But it's like, okay, you know, it, it's useful to have a second set of eyes on a script. There's people I show stuff to, and I'm actually having an actual editor on Wake Diff. Yeah. But really, you know, no, your story instincts are best when they're purist, especially as in like image when you're obsessing over it. In the case of like me, and obviously fraction, you know. Because um, I think one of the things, one of the benefits that some of us who, you know, have been through the work for hire process have understood the benefits of the editor, not necessarily the things that you butt up against, and have hired our own editors for our books. But it's a different. Oh, it's a different thing. It's, it's I, yeah, like the, I said, a second pair of eyes. Uh, the dynamics are totally different. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, the, you're the their boss, whereas when you work for a company, they're your boss. Yeah. Exactly, that's literally what it's about yeah, to say. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that changes everything. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a question? I know we've been talking a lot about the past 25 years of image, but where does the panel kind of see image going in the next couple of years with the trends that are happening at the moment? I mean, how do you reckon it will change in the next 10 years or so? That's a good question. <laughs> I think it's going, to be, it's going to be more, you can see it from the, the image expos that there've been, mm. if you look at who's been at them and what's yeah, yeah. been talked about, I think you can start to get a feel for that. It'll be more exciting, weirder, more diverse, younger, um, I mean there'll be the same people who the old people be there, we'll but I think there'll be weirder though. stuff, and there'll be things like say for example Surgeon X was at this last um, expo and they financed the comic. <laughs> They had a, they've got a whole a load of other stuff going on. I think there'll be more of that kind of thing where people are figuring, uh, this is my, my future prediction, figuring out projects with stuff out there and then bringing projects to Image to make something completely new, which is what Sarah Kenny did with Surgeon X, where they did this antibiotic apocalypse thing and they got the Wellcome Foundation to finance it mm. and then they've made documentaries and it's got this whole kind of life. And I think, and that's just one thing that could occur. And I think there'll be people who find image and say, I can do my projects with them. And we don't know what that will be. I think it will, I think there'll be more weird stuff. I can be very well, no, my hope is that, is that we do lots more weird stuff because one of the things that, that always kind of, kind of troubles me when I look at current comics is there's an awful lot of stuff that seems the same. And then not, the genre based kind of yeah well not even just that it's just that it all has kind of a similar look to it and and there was actually when I was here last November I was at Waterstones and there was this this fantastic display of books and it was all like YA stuff and and the covers were all really fantastic like the the, the design that had gone into it was 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 really eye catching and and I was just like yeah all of those things are kind of like visually more interesting than what you see. You know, typically looking at, at the new releases for, for, for comic books. And I thought that that was kind of weird because I was like, okay, this is prose that has all these like really arresting covers mm. and we're not doing that in, in, in comics to, to the same degree. Um, and I think there have been instances over the years when, when, when people have experimented things with, with, with things and obviously like, like, like what, 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 <coughs> what you're doing with the back of, of Wicked Divine is, is interesting and, and Warren when you did Fell you, you, you had all this fantastic back matter in there. Um, um, but like the, the just the format of comics is, is, is kind of like so ingrained into people where it's just like 22 pages there's a bunch of ads or there's there's some text at the back and it's like I, I feel like that, that 
people could kind of kind of like challenge that concept. Hickman. It's What's like that? John Hickman. I, yeah. I, I, it's all about him. That the concept of the cage is something that obsesses me. Mm -hmm. And I think Hickman's very interested in the concept that both his story is always about societal limits and like how society shapes things. But he's also very interested in the question and the format, as in, you know, what does a fucking comic need to look like? Yeah. So you get something like Black Monday Murders, which I genuinely think is interesting work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and the image, the fact, you know, in our crappy way, we're talking about that as well, image that you have complete control, you get to interrogate the format. It's not just, I'm gonna write a 20 page script and Jamie will draw it and here's a fucking comic. Yeah. You know, you get to, what is a fucking comic? Well, it's, it's a cool thing because there, there was a point uh, with, with, with Saga, and it's like, if, if any of you read Saga, you know that it's like Saga comes out, six issues, then we take a break, then six issues. Um, and, and the reason we do that is because there was a point when, when uh, issue six was done, and, and we, we, we have this process where we're, when we're putting things into previews, you know, we, we say, hey, everybody turn in you know, what you're doing for X months, three months out from here. And... Uh, Brian and Fiona hadn't sent anything in, and so I called Brian. And I was like, "Hey, so you know, we don't have anything for Saga Seven. What's what's going on?" He says, "Oh yeah, we're not putting it out that month." And I was like, "Well, why not? Because you've got all this great momentum going on in the book. You've you've, you've got to have Saga Seven right out after Saga Number Six. And he's like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to do that because like if like like Fiona needs a break, I need a break. Uh, the whole reason we're not doing this at like a Marvel or a DC is because you know." get to do it the way we want to do it and it's like like what's the point in like controlling and owning your stuff if you're just going to do it the way you would be doing it for somebody else so you know we, we, we don't need to play by their rules we're going to do it by our own rules and, and this is the way we're going to do soccer and it was like yeah that's 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 100% correct and I, I don't think it has to stop with scheduling it's like really everything that we do we can look at this is how comics are how, how, how can they be different not just like whimsically so, mm. but, but kind of like if it makes sense to do things differently, mm. why not do them differently? Mm. Well, so the next book I'm doing, I'm thinking about pushing the page count up slightly on the issues, and so it's only like a five issues, you know, it's like kind of like all, all arcs will be five issues, but it'll end up being much more of a normal trade size, that kind of stuff, you know, and you get to have that interrogation. Yeah. And that's really basic, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I think I'd, I'd like to see uh, Image be seen. I, I think sometimes people see Images as kind of like. Uh, you know, people uh, say it's a lot of sci-fi books or it's a lot of X, Y, and Z, um, but you know they publish like a whole range of stuff like uh, you know stray bullets and Emmy's books and like like stuff that's very non-typically quote-unquote comic book stuff. But I, I still think Image is kind of see, still kind of ghettoized a little bit as a very specific thing, even though the genres are much broader, the formats are much broader, and I think I'd like to see the kind of how Image is seen. To be just way, way more open, which it is. It's just, you know, like Eric approves pitches, but he can't make books that aren't pitched to him. Mm. You know, and if people see there's more opportunity for different types of stories, they'll be more inclined to pitch those stories, and those stories are more likely to be made. There's this thing we said about the Image Expo, like the when we announced Wake Diff, in like the of course, and it's the Image Expo. The Image Expo is not like a normal comic con. This is a, like almost like a, it's not quite a trade show, but it's like you've got to be kind of hardcore, like to what in fact, you know. People like you basically were coming along for this sort of thing. <laughs> it's not like you're a casual comic reader. And like we were surprise guests, and the actual cue was you know, you have an idea of what a comics readership is, and of course, this is off the back of Young Avengers. But you know, the, the, the cue was as diverse as you would hope comics audience would be. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, and, and the people who came there, oh yeah, they're the people who are doing comics for Image in five years' time. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of like, there's always the thing that the short term, that short term's always hard in comics. Medium term is incredibly optimistic, and, it, and you'll see that in places like Image, because mm. uh, they get to you get to read you know you get to redefine the medium in that way. Well, what I kind of like about as well about it, which is like, you don't necessarily have to like, 
you know, injection and paper girls and whatever else. You could, you know, there's enough books to suit whatever taste you may have. Mm. Um, as long as the readership is there to support these books, you know, that's that's great. You don't have, you know, I, I feel like like the, the Vertigo days, like you you were if you were getting Sandman, you were probably getting Preacher, and you're probably getting all the other books. It seemed like you were getting all the Vertigo books. Whereas with with uh, with Image, I think because there there's more diversity as regards the genre. Uh, as long as they can exist, that's great. You don't have to like every single book that's being put out. No, yeah, and I, I mean, I, you know, the funny thing is, it's like like that we, we have kind of this internal discussion all the time where it's just like, oh, if Image had a connected universe where the books were interacting with each other <laughs> like they do at Marvel and DC, would we be better off? And it's like, no. One of the things that actually, uh, I, I think it's a real value that none of our books are connected together. Uh, you, you don't have to read everything, and actually, it's it's like. If, if, if you buy and read all the books from everybody who's up here, that's great. But at the same time, if you don't, if, if, like, if you only like Warren's stuff or you only like Jamie and Kieran's stuff or whatever, that's, that's, that, that's, that's fine. At least you're reading those things. And, and the goal has always been, Jim, Jim Valentino, when he was publisher, had this tagline for the company, which was, you know, a book for every reader, which I think is, is a great goal. It's like you want to appeal to as many people as possible. Not all of those people are going to like the same things. But there's going to be something for everybody who's into comics, and, and, and I think that we've been more and more successful at, at, at doing that sort of thing. Um, and does anyone else have any? Yes. Diversity um, came up. Um, Marvel and DC seem to be pushing it much more mainstream. Um, I don't know whether sometimes that can feel forced, and if it is forced, is that a bad thing? How? Especially Kieran and Jamie because of Young Avengers, which probably led the way to a certain extent at Marvel. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before you answer, can I just say that from the, from the outside, what you did to me, like in terms of, of, of diversity, it seems very, very organic and, mm. and, and it happened naturally, as, as opposed to saying, here's a long running character and, and we're going to make that character a woman. Instead of creating like a new character, that, that I mean, that was one of our things we worked in. As much as we we got away with almost everything, pretty much everything on two Young yeah. Avengers, it's also still you're aware you're in a universe that was created like 50 years ago, and you're you've got those limitations. So we were both of it. It's kind of like we want to start again and create the world that looks like our London and our friends and our you know all that kind of stuff. And that was interesting to do that. Um, in t uh, I mean, in terms of like the big, the big thing is making it so that the creators are more diverse rather than the characters. That's yeah, the yeah. real problem. Um, and it's what it's like. Uh, we don't what like. I mean, people talk about that. We don't talk about the diversity we put yeah. in our books. Like, and explicitly, like Young Avengers, the fact that teams as queer as it is is backloaded. And it's backloaded at least in parts because we didn't have a press release. You know, like the, this is the book about a, a predominantly queer team of superheroes. But we put that in the last issue because we didn't want that to be a thing that sold the book. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a, and I think that's partially out of the fact you should just do good things because it's, it's be, you know, a more diverse art is better art not because of for many reasons, but also because it's more accurate because of the world we live in. You know, that's that's the main reason. It's mainly I have a mainly aesthetic argument for many of these things. Um, but at the same time, right, it's something distinctly and distasteful from me and Jamie profiting from it. Yeah. You know, like, we, we're not, we, we just, if, we have problems with many pitches like that, because it's kind of, 
it's, it's distasteful to us, personally, but I don't think that really is something that Marvel does often. I think Marvel is often doing many short-term stories, and it's like, we're going to play this, where, you know, not spoilers for any of them, but, you know, the, like, the story currently in Fall, you know, that's, not, that's no different from many other Fall stories, like the time when Fall was a frog, or the time when Fall was a, you know, mm. this is actually a really interesting story, especially what Jason's doing with it, you know? Um, so I think a lot of those cases, creators pitching these ideas. You know, it's, yeah, it's not. It's, you know, like there might be a cynical way in which they're. There might. I mean, honestly, there is. Yeah. There's an argument that there's a cynical way in which they're promoting it, but I don't think it's a like we need to do X, Y. I think I think it might just be in the zeitgeist. A lot of yeah, creators yeah. I, I think the zeitgeist is the way of putting it. As in, like, and I always people's hypersensitivity. People's hypersensitivity to it is is a more worrying thing to me than the practice of it. You know, as in people get oh, oh anytime they see anyone other than a white white man. They immediately kind of have a always diversity, the cycle of diversity response, and if you really didn't care about it, you wouldn't notice it. I think you know, it's, it's kind of restating the issue. It's you know? worth bearing in mind that 50 years ago, most jobs in the world were held by and made for men, mm. and women weren't working at all. And so, I think where we are now, I mean, that is a tremendously unnatural situ situation when we think about it now. At least it is to me. And I think I think probably it's a natural evolution. That the, the comics should reflect uh, not not just what we think of as the world, but what the world is. There's, there are more women doing stuff outside the house, and there's more possibilities for them than a secretary or a bank clerk. I mean, even I, re I remember that that outcome. And also, I think the other thing is, and this is talking about image. What you do, and I mean, Kieran, Kieran have this with assembling the books. You don't always have um, conscious understanding of what you're doing. You just have this kind of intent to do it. So, for example, on Winnebago Graveyard, yes, it's written by Steve Nars, yes, it's coloured by a guy, Stefan Petro, but nearly everybody else on it is female. And that's a lot. Of, it's it's um, two female writers per issue, two female artists per issue, me drawing it, and, and more people. And that's kind of unconscious, but it, it's sort of... Um, what did I want to do? I wanted to give people opportunities that they didn't get before. So, for example, women don't get asked to draw horror stuff. It's unusual. But yet, they, women artists want to do it. And, and they, are, they have for me. And uh, it's great. And we're, you know, we don't get asked. So, but that's not a deliberate fit, not a deliberate conscious thing. It's more kind of, it's occurred because I think it's sort of um, something I kind of want without really knowing. Does that make sense? So, so that's how these things come around. Is sometimes people don't think about stuff. It just, it's, it's what you do. And uh, I think it also relates to image. It gets, it gives us the opportunity to redress the balance in the way that we want. Um, I mean, I've got some amazing art, like from people. From it's basically, I was going to say, a lot of girl women who draw magical girls are coming in to do some quite hardcore horror <laughs> because they want to, and that's the space for it. And they don't get asked. And um, we can make more of that. I just can't wait till this isn't a topic anymore. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'm just so sick of it. I mean, and I realize that for that to happen, women need to get job, you know, get more work, and people of color or or whatever background you are in. It's just I'm just so like I feel emotional because I'm just so sick of it. Mm. I want it to be normal. Mm. I'm not sick of it. I'll fight it forever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a quote. There's a quote about how to win a Nobel Prize. Like, and me and a journalist friend of mine used to quote each other all the time. And the, the per someone who won a Nobel Prize said it was a physicist. And the whole, like, how do you, how do you win a Nobel Prize? One, what's the biggest question in your field? Two, 
uh, are you working in that field? <laughs> and that kind of, we used to, and the, the line meme of this editor I used to work for, where I was a journalist, was, what's the biggest problem in your field? And it's like, it was always like, what, what story do you get back to pitch next? So what's the biggest, you know, is what do you see, what do you see is the problem here? And that's kind of what I think comics needs to be, as in all individually as creators, because we don't really control the publisher level. As creators, what do we think the problem is? How can we deal with it? And we've just got to do it ourselves. Mm. You know, that kind of like you do you take responsibility for the stuff that you can take responsibility for, and you do that. Mm. So then, so much has got to be personal, you know. As in, like, so what, you know, when you see the world, what do we have to do about it? Mm. That's my magnetic north, anyway. <laughs> <coughs> Does anybody else have anything? If not, then I think that we're, we're at our end here. Thank you for coming. <laughs>